1: It's the 4th of July I get to wake up in your freedom But sometimes I wonder why Seem like everybody's On the red, white and blue Happy birthday America Whatever's left of you W1 and 2 France would just be part of Germany now It hadn't been for you Now your children wanna turn you in To something other than yourself They burn your flag in their city streets More than anybody else I'll get to wake up in your freedom, but sometimes I wonder why. Seems like everybody's on red, white, and blue. Happy birthday, America.
2: Whatever's left of you, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I open up with that scene from Independence Day. I don't know; that's probably 25 years ago. It's a great scene; everybody knows it. And uh, and but I don't think most people realize what we're fighting for right now, and how few people are fighting that don't because they just don't see it. Obviously, Toby Keith with his new song he just released this week, uh, "Happy Birthday America," he sees it. He sees it clearly and it comes through in his song. And uh, with that, I wanted to say happy Independence Day, happy Fourth of July weekend. Remember, uh, this is about America and uh, enjoy the barbecues and all that stuff. But keep your eyes open and, and keep it in your thoughts and your, and your conversations about what's happening. And we saw, we saw something just Friday morning. When I'm recording just a few hours ago before I turned on the mic with uh, to show you that we're in a really, really, really bad place right now. And let me and let me set the stage for you. Let's turn the clocks back to uh, September 11th, 2012, Benghazi, Libya. Remember, there's a, a spontaneous terrorist attack on the on the consulate in Libya, in Benghazi, Libya, where Ambassador Christopher Stevens was at and ended up, ended up dying that night. About less than a mile away, there's an annex where the CIA is, where, where they've got a private contractors, a company called a GRS Global Response Staff, which is a bunch of uh, former Navy SEALs to protect the consulate and to protect our interest in, in uh, Benghazi.
3: This attack happens, this attack happens and they take over the consulate and there's nobody there to protect them.
2: Then comes this scene, this statement from Tyrone Woods to the other guys that are part of Global Response. None of you have to go. But we are the only help they have. So these guys go over there to protect them. Four or six guys. Four or six guys battling a whole, a whole uh, tribe of, of, uh, of uh, Islamic terrorists that are attacking us with bombs and, and, uh, rocket propelled grenades. And, and they, they fight for 13 hours and the United States never shows up. About 12 hours into it, we hear, hear this scene and I am taking scenes from the movie 13 hours, the soldiers of the, the secret soldiers of Benghazi and the guys who wrote the book that this movie was based on, Got with Michael Bay and Michael Bay said, hey, we have to have this exact because we're going to take so much criticism for this. This has to be how it really happened. So this movie is as close to the truth. And it doesn't say this is based on a a true story. In the beginning of the movie, it says this is a true story. Then the girl in in the, the annex calls for help. I hear they have a US SIP team in Croatia. That's a two hour flight.
4: Sigonella. Aviano. Benghazi. How far is Aviano?
2: 700 miles. It's an F 16, 365 days, 24 7s, quick response base. I'll
1: bring it in from Sigonella. It's having paddle jam from Italy to here. It's
2: 20 minutes. I am not
1: requesting firepower. All I want is that you give these poles outside our gate a low, loud. You fly over. My authority? My authority is that if you don't send,
3: Americans are going to die. Including the one talking to you right now.
2: Send a big, loud F-U flyover to scare these guys off. And a few seconds later, she's talking to a guy who just about got his arms shot off. And she says...
0: I
3: called for a support... I called for air support and never came. That night, 11 seconds, 11 minutes into the, into the attack of the 13-hour fight, the White House was
2: aware of what's going on. We've seen pictures of Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, all the people in the, in the, in the room watching, watching the cameras. They're watching on drones what's happening. We don't know where,
3: where Barack Obama was. We don't know where he was that night, but they never sent help. Now, why am I talking about that today? Joe Biden. Joe Biden puts, uh, makes a, a,
2: a, a symbolic statement that we're pulling all our troops out of Afghanistan on July 4th. It's happening this weekend. Our soldiers are coming out of Afghanistan. Why? Because Joe Biden wants to make history. And he's going to tell the whole world when we're pulling them out. He does a press conference this morning, and one of the reporters asked him, "Hey." Are they, are, are soldiers going to need air support? They're being pulled out this weekend. Are they going to need air support to protect their lives? And listen how he responds. I'm
4: I'm not going to answer any more question on Afghanistan. Look, 4th of July. I'm concerned that you guys are asking me questions that I'll answer next week. But just a holiday weekend, I'm going to celebrate it. There's great things happening. Economy's growing faster than any time in 40 years. We've got a record number of new jobs. COVID deaths are down 90%. Wages are up faster than any time in 15 years. We're bringing, out our, bringing our troops home. We have a, all across America, people are going to ball games and doing good things. This is a good, I'll be I'll answer all your negative questions, not negative, your legitimate I'll questions. I'll
2: answer all your negative, I, I mean legitimate questions next week. What about this weekend when, the, when our soldiers are, are being pulled out?
3: This is supposed to be the commander-in-chief. Is this the people, is this the guy we elected to be in the White House? Is this America? Just this morning, my friend Joey Jones was on Outnumbered. Here's his comments. He actually said he wasn't gonna answer more questions on Afghanistan
5: because it's the 4th of July weekend and he got some good job numbers. And I I just wanna let you all know that when I was in Afghanistan on the 4th of July, I didn't stop doing my job. I didn't leave people to to ask questions. I actually took apart bombs that day too, just like I did on the 3rd and and the 5th. So I just want the people of America to know that not everyone pauses for five or six days from doing their job and answering questions for something like this.
2: Yeah, if this if this doesn't anger you, you better check your pulse. You might be dead and you certainly might not be American. And, you know, it's I, for one, am mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. It's just it's it just angers me to know in to
3: watch this and to talk to people that think Biden's doing such a great job. He's so much less offensive than Trump. Before I go on to everything else I'm going to talk about, I'm going to take a deep cleansing breath <sighs> I'm going to introduce myself. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested
2: in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are, and you need financing, call somebody who's competent about getting loans done. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. If you don't wanna talk on the phone, but you still wanna find out, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo. They'll take you to my lending pages. You can put in much, all the information you want me to know. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear from me or one of my talented teammates and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether that's a refinancing house you own, Buying a house you'd like to own, or doing a reverse mortgage that everybody's talking about, and some of you guys that are over sixty-two going, eh, "What's that thing about? Is it really a good thing or a bad thing?" If you haven't checked it out. You're 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 robbing yourself of opportunity. Um, if you hear something on the show you want repeated, you can hear this show as well as several past shows on on edhoffman.net on, on edhoffman.net on the on the podcast page. You can also get the uh, get the uh, podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes podcast uh, apple podcast uh where you can actually subscribe for free and have it uh upload we upload it every friday it'll download to your uh, your computer your iphone your iwatch ipad uh your mini pad your uh, uh whatever else you can get the podcast on and uh, if you have comments on the show email me to ed at okay so let's talk about stuff uh, besides what popped up right before i went on to record it's been a long time since we've had a Clinton casualty, but in case you haven't checked out net, there's a whole list of Clinton casualties, and we're going to add this one onto it. Um, if you haven't read that article or listened to that show, I think the show's on the special podcast on there as well, where I go through every single one of them. All the people that have crossed paths with Bill and uh, Hillary Clinton, and uh, if they crossed paths and it wasn't, a, it wasn't a happy thing for the Clintons, they just uh, accidentally suicided themselves. It's been it's more than a coincidence because there's over 50 of them. Uh, So this happened a few weeks ago, but it hasn't gotten any attention it deserves. Um, Veteran reporter Christopher Sign was found dead on June 12th at his residence in Hoover, Alabama, where he was most recently working for local ABC affiliate. Prior to that, uh, Christopher Sign was an investigative reporter at ABC affiliate in Phoenix. Why does that matter? Because Sign was not just any reporter; he was the Phoenix reporter who broke the news of the 2016 airport tarmac meeting between former President Bill Clinton and then Attorney General Loretta Lynch while Hillary Clinton was running for president. Remember all this stuff? You gotta keep, you gotta pay attention. Put, put, uh, connect all the dots. At the time, their meeting was cast as a potential conflict, potential conflict of interest by everyone except the Clinton campaign. Sign wrote a book called *The Secret on the Tarmac* just last year. Here's the summary. Uh, The summary of the book says the plan was perfect. No cameras, no microphones, no no prying eyes, plenty of security. The setting for a clandestine meeting could not have been better. Former President Bill Clinton exited Attorney General Loretta Lynch's private plane 20 minutes after he boarded. Both thought they got away with it. Both were wrong. Amid a heated presidential race, federal investigations involving emails and Benghazi and a society looking for clarity on the future of the country. The secret tarmac meeting would only complicate things. The secret meeting would have would have never been revealed if it weren't for a veteran journalist and a trusted source. It wasn't the Emmys, the Murrows, or the Associated Press Awards. It was decades of experience and relationships that led to that moment. Christopher Sein broke the story of the secret tarmac meeting. His former teammates and coaches at the University of Alabama would play a personal and critical role after breaking the story. From politics to football, to friendship, to journalism, this is the unfiltered story of the secret tarmac meeting. Christopher takes you behind the scenes for a step-by-step account of how it all unfolded in the summer of 2016 on a blazing tarmac. Details revealed for the first time. The process, the questions of sabotage, the attempt at a cover-up, the contradictions from Clinton and Lynch, and the source who saw it all. Take a ride and tackle the secret on the tarmac. That's, what it's, that's the summary of his book. Here, here's a Christopher sign with President Trump, Trump sometime last year.
5: Mr. President, thank you for your well, time. thank you very much. Great yes, time. sir. Very nice to meet you, sir. Thank you very much. Good man. Yes, he is. He broke the big story. Yes,
4: right? he did.
5: Yes, sir. The tarmac. wrote mm-hmm. the
4: Biggie.
5: Uh, the secret meeting on the tarmac. Yes, sir. You take care. We'll do another one. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Appreciate your thank time you. very much.
2: All right. So nothing, uh, nothing land-breaking, uh, uh, groundbreaking in that in that clip, other than just hey, you know, uh, Trump knew about the book and he met Christopher Sign after receiving death threats. Christopher Sine moved his family to Alabama. June 12th, Hoover, Alabama police received a call around 8 a.m. of a person down. They found Christopher Sine and pronounced him dead. It doesn't say exactly how he killed himself with a bullet to the back of the head or, uh, you know, just maybe handcuffing himself behind his back and then slamming his head against the wall or or something. It doesn't say exactly. Police said that while they were still investigating his death, appeared appeared to be a suicide How convenient. Listen to what Christopher Sein told Fox and Friends when his book came out last year.
4: You've paid the price for this career-wise. What kind of, you know, what kind of threats or what have you received?
3: Well, my this? family received significant death threats uh, shortly after breaking this story. Uh, credit cards hacked. Um, you know, my children. We have code words. We have secret code words that they know what to do. Um, and that's why I came back to WBMA ABC thirty-three forty in Birmingham mm-hmm. because when I was enduring the death threats, it was my former Alabama football family and my teammates, my coaches, who circled around me. Wow, my. read all. About about it, uh, you can get the book right now, Secret
5: on the Tarmac. It's at ChristopherSign, sign Hmm.
2: Apparently, it might not have been a good idea to tell everyone where he moved to on national TV. And I don't know. I just I could be wrong there, but it just seems he he moved. He's getting death threats, told everybody on national TV. And then he got dead by suicide. Hmm. What a quinky deek. Then last week, antivirus software pioneer John McAfee died by an apparent suicide in a Spanish prison. People sure kill themselves a lot in prison, aren't they supposed to have? Uh, aren't they supposed to not be able to have sharp things or anything they can hang themselves with? I just, you know, I watch TV and I watch movies, and this is what I, what I see on there. I saw uh, you no know, law-abiding citizen. They gave him a big steak dinner and all that stuff, and they gave him a spork to eat it with. Uh, McAfee was an eccentric creator of anti, uh, McAfee antivirus software in 2012. Police say he killed his neighbor, Gregory foul while living in Belize over a dispute involving their dogs. Just a point here. Here's a point of experience. And I, and I do these things in, in my book experience matters here, let's, let's take a look at this. Hey, here's a, here's a point that you might notice here. Just because a guy created a great software program that protects everybody's computers and he got filthy rich from it doesn't mean he's a good person, i.e. Mark Zuckerberg came up with a good idea that went really popular for for Facebook, but he's just not a good person. So McAfee was ordered to pay Fowle's family $25 million in a civil suit, but never coughed up the money. And I think the civil suit was because he apparently poisoned the guy's dogs, pillar of strength in the community. From that point on, he was he was often on the run for much of the past decade. In October of 2020, he was finally arrested in Spain. Last week on the morning of June 23rd, a Spanish court approved McAfee's extradition to the U.S. to face tax evasion charges. Hmm, there's another reason that I like him, because he doesn't pay his freaking taxes. Later that day, he's found dead in his cell. As expected, there's a conspiracy online attempting to cite McAfee as another Clinton casualty. So let me just... Let me just, I'll tell you the stuff that isn't right, because if you Google this, you're going to see some of this stuff. If you've seen a tweet from McAfee claiming that 31 terabytes of files are located on hard drives somewhere in in the Miami condo building that just collapsed last week, that tweet is Photoshopped, fabricated. How do we know that? Because that specific tweet cannot be found on McAfee's Twitter profile, indicating it was likely created by an internet troll with a Photoshop or some other program. A very similar tweet was found, though. If you've also seen internet rumors expanding on that idea by adding Hillary Clinton initials HRC to claim that those are also not substantiated where he puts in the HRC in there. There is, however, this legitimate 2019 tweet, very similar. And he tweeted, this is uh, June 9th, 2019. I've collected files on corruption in government. For the first time, I'm naming names and specifics. I'll begin with a corrupt CIA agent CIA agent and two Bahamian officials coming today. If I'm arrested or disappear, 31 terabytes of incriminating data will be released to the press. Sounds pretty close to what the other uh, tweet said, except for there's no uh, mention of HRC or the condo in, uh, in, in Florida. And these tweets from two year from last two years are legitimate. So on uh, October 15th, 2020, he says, I'm content in here. I have friends. The food is good. All is well. I know, know that if I hang myself Allah Epstein, it will be no fault of mine. Six weeks later on November 30th, he puts getting sub, subtle messages from the U.S. officials saying, in effect, we're coming for you, McAfee. We're going to kill you. I got a tattoo today just in case if I suicide myself, I didn't. I was whacked. Check my right arm. And it's got a big dollar sign and it says whacked on, on his uh, right arm in his tattoo. I don't know. That just uh, it just seems weird and things are going on and we're starting to pay attention to this stuff. And it's all starting to add up that the, the legitimate, transparent, honest country we thought we lived in maybe isn't quite what we thought it was. In addition, McAfee's lawyer told Reuters that he saw no warning signs of McAfee might take his own life. The Washington Post reported that McAfee's widow, Janice McAfee, said she spoke to her husband hours before he was found dead. She said he was not suicidal when they spoke. Meanwhile, meanwhile, let's talk about other people in jail. Serial rapist Bill Cosby is a free man this week. Cosby admitted five years ago in his deposition that he did indeed give women quaaludes in order to have sex with them over the years. So let's see. 50 women accuse him of rape. They accused him of, of drugging of drugging them, and then while they're all screwed up, and if you don't don't know what quaaludes do, watch the movie uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, and the scene where uh, where uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, what's his name uh, the the curly haired guy that's with him they take some quaaludes and then they take another quaalude because it didn't hit it hit all of a sudden, and all of a sudden they're just whacked out. So Cosby gave this to women, uh, and he has only served two years of his three to 10 year sentence. He said he would rather serve all 10 years than acknowledge any remorse for his actions. Yeah, I don't want to say I didn't enjoy it because, you know, I drugged these girls and I had my way with them. We don't want to I'd rather do 10 years than than uh, have any remorse for that. But when his sex assault conviction was overturned by Pennsylvania's highest court on Wednesday morning, Cosby was out by that afternoon. And as if his lawyers trying to paint him as a sympathetic figure isn't bad enough, Cosby gave an interview to Detroit radio hosts where he equated himself with all the wrongly imprisoned, wrongly imprisoned people.
3: You can see how
5: powerless many of us feel because there's this saying that is my mantra. It's not what they're doing to you. It's what you're not doing because this is not just a black thing this is for all the people who have been imprisoned wrongfully regardless
3: of race color or creed
2: are people are people's memories that
3: short 50 women accused him of rape he admitted doing it and now he's wrongly imprisoned and it's not
2: just about black people; it's about all races. But he sure made a comment like it was specifically black people. It's amazing. Are there two sides of justice in this in this country? And of course, he's famous, and you know he's got the the jello pudding pops thing going on for him and the Cosby Show. And you know where that it was all he was wrongly imprisoned. <sighs> Some comic relief on the subject on BBC News reporter outside the Philadelphia prison where Cosby was released. Made some uh, what might call a Freudian slip.
4: For the last two years, this has been where Bill Clinton has called home. But tonight he will sleep in his own bed after the bombshell decision by Pennsylvania's Supreme Court to overturn his conviction of sexual assault.
2: Yeah, Bill Clinton, uh, you know, because they think about they think about guys with power that rape rape women and they just you know it started with a c clinton and cosby they're both the same they're probably you know they're not far off in age and uh you know they're just so similar anyway i'm all out of time for part one of the main event so stay tuned for five five minutes of uh weather traffic commercials and sports and i'll be back with lots lots more stuff for this week Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio because if you're not in the market, it might seem boring. And it's certainly boring compared to the stuff that we're seeing this week and we're talking about this week. But if you need help in financing on a real estate purchase, a real estate refinance, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who's competent and thinks like you. Call me toll-free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. 640 2020 That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. 640 2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the summit funding logo and do the cyber thing. You'll hear back from me or one of my talented teammates. So before the uh, before the break, we were talking about uh all the people in jail that are that are showing up dead, all the people that Bill Cosby getting released, John McPhee uh suiciding himself, uh Christopher Sine suiciding himself. You know, they cross paths with the with the Clintons and the United States government and uh, that they weren't happy about it. So they just died of suicide Then they let Cosby out. And we all forgot about what we all forgot about the fact that he raped 50 women and admitted it. And uh, he's just wrongly imprisoned. So uh, and we talked about, so let's, let's go on from there. I don't talk a lot about uh, cancel culture or the silencing of conservatives. But because we're we're so used to it now, it doesn't seem to be that interesting. But Andy, no. And if you can remember, Andy, no, he's the little Asian kid that shows up at all the uh, all the you know, he's a conservative um, reporter. He shows up at all the events. He showed up and got beat up at a, at uh, some event in Berkeley in Berkeley, where I don't know if it was Ben Shapiro or Ann Coulter. Someone was talking and they were protesting somebody coming out. Um, we specifically saw him. With a milkshake on his head, um, at at a protest in uh, in Portland, Oregon, during the uh, during the protest last summer, Andy No, conservative writer, has a podcast called Things You Should Know. GNO has been banned from SoundCloud for so- supposedly violating the site's terms of service. Andy No uh, tweeted out at SoundCloud is per- at SoundCloud has permanently banned me and my podcast. You should know. In an email, it says, I violated community guidelines without naming the alleged offending content. Guests have included uh, Dave Rubin of The Rubin Report, who's been on my show. Douglas K. Murray, who's a British uh, uh, conservative uh, journalist. Jordan Peterson, who lots of people follow. Um, This comes one week after Winston Marshall, member of the popular band Mumford & Sons, was forced to leave the band because of bad publicity after tweeting support for Andy Ngo's upcoming book. In a blog post on the site Medium, Marshall announced he was leaving the band and most likely as an attempt to save his career in the music industry, took back his previous support of Andy No. He writes, at the beginning of March, I tweeted to an American, tweeted to an American journalist, Amer, uh, Andy No, author of the New York Times bestseller, Unmasked. Congratulations at Mr. Andy No. Finally, finally had the time to read your important book. You're a brave man. Let me start that again. At the beginning of March, I tweeted to an American journalist, Andy No, author of the New York Times bestseller, Unmasked. Congratulations, at Mr. Andy No. Finally had the time to read your important book, You're a Brave Man. Posting about books had been a theme of my social media throughout the pandemic. I believed this tweet to be as innocuous as the others. How wrong I turned out to be. Over the course of 24 hours, it was trending with tens of thousands of angry retweets and comments. I failed to foresee that my commenting on a book Critical of the far left could be interpreted as an approval of the equally abhorrent far right. And I don't know if that's if he really meant it, but he's trying to trying to suck up to his uh people that criticize him. Nothing could be further from the truth. You know what? This is such BS. No, we're they're trying to take our Second Amendment, take away our guns, they're trying to take our our first amendment, our our uh freedom of speech, our freedom
3: of the press. Um do you see this country slipping through our hands? Most of you don't. Most of America
2: doesn't. They see this as no big deal. I don't have time to watch the news. I don't pay attention to this stuff. It really doesn't affect my life. It does. And
3: it's time America wakes up. Toby Keith's song says it. He's pointing it out. It's Time to wake the hell up. So there's always more Hunter Biden news, unfortunately, but unfortunately, it looks like no one outside the conservative
2: media cares about it. This is disgusting to me that this stuff that nobody's paying attention to this. Last week, Miranda Devine, the New York Post reporter who tirelessly, tirelessly reports the truth about Hunter, reported this. In May 2018, Hunter accidentally paid a Russian prostitute $25,000 from an account linked to his dad while staying at the Chateau Marmont Hotel in Hollywood, where it appears to be Hunter's favorite hangout. Remember the same location of Tony Bobulinski's meeting the previous year. Remember the night before the, uh, before the, uh, Trump Biden debate, Tony Bobulinski came, came uh, public and told all about this, this dealing where they put together a deal with the Chinese and Hunter. And he met with, uh, with Joe Biden and these other guys, and they're putting this money together. And then the Chinese people gave him, a. Uh, gave him a, a million and a half and then another 10 million supposed to be 10 million dollars in 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 the put into this this corporation called Sinohawk remember that so that all happened at the Chateau Marmont but but uh, Biden Biden just Joe Biden just denied it all so while staying at the Marmont this time Hunter reportedly ordered a thin brunette named Yana on the site Emerald Fantasy Girls Using, the first, using his first name, his full name is Robert Hunter Biden. He texted, my name is Rob. I'm staying at the Chateau Marmont. Are you available now? The pair reportedly had sex, drank vodka, filmed porn, and while he smoked crack. Good times. He also tried to send Emerald Fantasy Girls an additional 8000 but that payment didn't go through. She must have been really good times. He tried several cards before the amount. Went through and he continued to pay additional amounts of 2000 3500 8000 and another $3,500. Yana must be really, really good. Yana texted Hunter that he paid too much and she refunded him the difference. So how do we know any of these transactions were paid by Joe Biden's account? Well, because hours later, Hunter received a message from the Secret Service agent whose name is, has not been published, but we can assume this was the agent assigned to him. Here's the exchange. H. I'm in the lobby. Come down. Come on, H. This is linked to Celtics account. Celtic is uh, his code is the code name for Joe Biden. DC is calling me every ten. Let me up or come down. I can't help you if you don't let me, H. Celtic Joe's Secret Service code name when he was vice president. <clears throat> reminds me of a little scene from uh, No Country for Old Men.
5: Look, you got to give me this money. I got no other reason to protect you.
1: It's too late. I spent it. About a million and a half on whores and whiskey, and the rest of it just sort of blew it in.
2: Yeah, a million and a half on whores and whiskey, and the rest of it, I just kind of blew it. <clears throat> Does anybody care about this stuff? You should. You should. This guy Joe Biden sleeping in the in the White House. He's running our country. He's uh, putting off putting off. Uh, uh, protection for our military guys that he's pulling out announced a couple of months ahead of time. What's the, what does that mean? That means as they're leaving, there's terrorists that, that have them in the crosshairs. Do they need air support? Hey, don't ask me tough questions about Afghanistan. It's 4th of July weekend. I'm going to celebrate. I'll ask, I'll answer your negative. I mean, legitimate questions next week, next week will be too late to be in the next Benghazi. Here's some more Hunter news this week. We all remember Joe Biden saying he had no knowledge of his son's business dealings, period, period. I never, I never, I never discussed him. We went over to China and I went one way and he went to the, I went and talked to some government people. He went to the bank of China and, you know, we both got back on air force Two, and we flew, I don't know, how many hours does it take to fly from China to Washington DC?
3: I would bet about 10 or 15 hours, but they never discussed anything that either of the two did while they were in China period.
2: But more laptop evidence points straight to Joe's involvement. According to Miranda Devine's reporting this week, Hunter had more than 100 events scheduled at the vice presidential residence. So the Naval Observatory, for those of you who don't know what it's called. While his dad was the VP, many of them appear to be related to his business interests. One of them's titled Breakfast with Dad, Breakfast with Dad, Nav OBS is one such meeting recorded for 8:30 a.m. on November 19th, 2015. Five photographs time-stamped on that day appear on the laptop. One shows Vice President Joe Biden posing with four of Hunter's business associates, including Mexican billionaires Carlos Slim and Miguel Alaman Velasco. It's a nice little picture. Hunter and these uh and and uh, Joe and three other guys and uh who are they? I don't know. Let's see if I can read their Jeff Cooper, Carlos Slim, Joe Biden, Miguel Aleman Velasco, and Hunter Biden and Miguel Aleman Magani in the photo taken in 2015 in the living room of the Naval Observatory. I don't know, Joe. You never talk business with your son? I think you're lying. You're, you're, your nose is growing. Hey, you happy about
3: this? Democrats out there, you happy to have this guy in the White House? This guy's selling us out. Hunter was reportedly
2: working on some kind of multi-million dollar deals with the Mexican billionaires. But that's not the end of the story, says Josh Boswell of the Daily Mail.
4: Not only that, but Joe Biden also had Hunter and his business partner fly on Air Force Two to Mexico... And uh, for these meetings um, so that's some serious uh, some serious evidence that we have there that raises some serious questions the most shocking thing is that hunter then spelt out a, a apparent quid pro quo in an email where he writes to one of these billionaires saying hey I've I've brought you um, to the White House. I've arranged meetings for you with my dad, and now I want you to meet us uh, in Mexico. And we've been working on these business deals together. You've let me come to your villa.
3: He spells it all out. It's right there in black and white. Why does nobody care about this? You know, you know what, what kind of, uh, what kind of, what kind of uh, news and
2: stuff they went after, Eric, Erica Trump. Because he had a he had a five hundred one c three that was raising money for uh, kids in uh, in the Philippines. I think, if I remember correctly, he was oh he built a hospital in the in the Philippines. And you know how much how much crap they gave Eric Trump for that. You know how much they they stuck the the scope up the, all the all the all the Trumps butts and checked the serial numbers on their colon to make sure that the that there wasn't something they could pin to him. You know how many lawsuits they filed against the the Trumps. That all got, all got dropped in New York in New York last week or this week. But Biden, Biden admitted that he, that, he, uh, that he sold out the country for a billion and a, half, or for a billion and a half dollars to, you, to the Ukraine. Hey, you know what? That billion and a half dollars? That guy ain't fired before I leave. You're not getting it. Well, you don't have authority
3: for it. Call the president. Pick up the phone, call him. I'm out here in six hours, and then son of a bee, the guy got fired. He admitted it. The Democrats impeached Trump for asking for
2: asking the uh, the president of of Ukraine to just check into it. Hey, you know
3: what? Biden came out on video and just said this. Can you check into that? See what what really happened there. They impeached him for that. Biden was selling out America. Wait, where? Who's who's, who's billion and a half dollars? Do you think? Biden gave to the Ukraine. It wasn't his. It wasn't Obama's. They don't have no money. Biden had the record as the as the senator with the lowest net worth.
2: Obama was worth about $25 when he went into the presidency.
3: So whose money were they giving away? They're giving away our tax money. So how's he going over there and demanding people get fired
2: before they before they do that, how's he going over to China and picking up all these all these gazillions of dollars? How's he going to 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 Moscow and his and his son walks away with a big with a big multimillion dollar check from the wife of the of the mayor of Moscow?
3: How's all this stuff happening? And then we put him in the White House. Now he announces to our to our uh,
2: enemies that we're pulling all our pulling all our uh, soldiers out of out of Afghanistan. For the 4th of July, symbolic. What do the, the Muslim terrorists like to do? But nothing more than they make symbolic dates for the times they, they attack us. Benghazi was September 11, 2012. Nine years after September 11, 2001, when they took the, the towers down, crashed a plane into the Pentagon and were headed for the, the White House or the Capitol with, uh, with United 93. Now the reporters ask if, Hey, are we going to need air, air support for that? Oh, don't ask me negative questions. This is the 4th of July weekend. I'm going to go have a barbecue. People are going to go to baseball games.
3: Why is that more important than protecting our soldiers, the guys that protect our freedom? And now we have evidence that he's, that he's a liar, that he was involved in all those things, and no one's paying attention. Something's wrong, folks. Something's wrong. This doesn't anger you. Put your hand on your neck. Feel if, see if you can feel that pulse. You might be dead. <clears throat> Let's talk about the other incompetent. The incompetent in, my, uh, in, in our government. And you know what's amazing to
2: me? You know what's amazing to me? Is I send, I send texts to my sister. My Democrat sister in Pennsylvania. And I say... Hey, aren't you proud your president
3: is is day at a time tearing our whole country down? And she goes, oh, our uh, computer hacks his fault. You're going to blame that on him. Who else do you blame it on? We didn't have computer hacks during
2: Trump's Trump's uh, administration. Why? Because our enemies were were worried about what happens because Trump didn't take any crap. Hey, attack us. We're going to attack you back. Kill one of ours. We're going to kill 10 of yours. Come to come to fight with a knife. We're going to bring some guns, come to bring, bring your tanks. We're going to bring nuclear bombs. Nobody messed with us It was called peace through strength. Like, like Ronald Reagan said, peace through strength. You don't have to use it. <clears throat> I'll tell you, I put my, uh, I put my son through, uh, karate lessons when he was about seven. And as he got to be a teenager and as he's approaching getting his black belt, I said, you know what? you're, you're only going to ever, you're going to go through all this training. You're ever, only ever going to use it once. You're going to use it one time. And then the word's going to get around. Don't mess with you. And I said one time, cause I knew that. Cause I had a I had an employee that worked for me. Uh, when I, when I was running a, running a, a company, uh, in the 1980s, and I had one kid in there that was a black belt and one of the other, one of the other guys messed with him. It was at Sears auto center in Riverside. One of the other kids messed with him. And the guy just took one little kick and knocked him down and nobody ever messed with him ever. And I told my son, Ryan, the same thing. I say, Hey, you're going to, you're going to use this one time and everyone's going to know, don't mess with you. And it came in junior high, junior high school, bunch of kids ganged up on him. And he just, he just reacted first and and ran because he knew he was going to get in trouble for using his karate on people. And he, and he took one kid down and just ran to the principal's office and just said, Hey, I was scared. I reacted. This is what happened. He didn't get in trouble. Because the other kids were
3: ganging up on him. That's how America works, folks. Show the world that we're strong and we've got the weapons and we're going to use it. They don't mess with you. Do you notice the the places in this country that have the worst gun violence are the places where guns are banned? Why is that? Because we know all the law-abiding citizens are unarmed go to all the states that have open carry
2: and you have very little gun problems because everybody knows that everybody's carrying Arizona, Montana. There's many, many states out there, but the places where I have, have my other houses besides California, they're open carry states. Everybody has a gun. Nobody has to worry about that stuff. You know what? Uh, some of the people I talk to in Montana say, Hey, I go on vacation. I leave my, my doors unlocked. Well, that's, that's good to know it's this safe, but I'm going to be 1100 miles away when I'm, when I'm in California. I think I'll just lock my doors anyway, just for, just for a little extra security. Cause I'm, you know, I'm just not brought up in Montana. So I just don't, don't uh, feel that comfortable with that. But that's how the country works. When everybody knows, Hey, it doesn't matter if you're a big guy or a small guy, a gun is a, is a great equalizer. No big guy goes and attacks a. Uh, A a little small woman, little small woman pulls out a gun and blasts a hole in him. And guess what? Just because that's a possibility, because everybody has guns, nobody messes with her. Now we have peace through strength. Everybody knows we've got all the bombs and we're willing to use them at the the blink of an eye. Nobody messes with us. But now we have Joe Biden in the White House. Well, we're just going to roll over we're going to open up our borders we're going to open up our borders. We're going to just roll over to all the terrorists. We're going to tell them where we're moving. We're going to tell them when we're moving our guys and watch what happens this weekend. And I'm not hoping for it. I just have my eyes open. I have my eyes open. I hope I'm wrong. But I'm not the only one open it because the reporter asked about it. And what did Joe Biden do? Oh, I, got a, I got a barbecue to go to. I got some hot dogs and, and beans
3: and franks to go. <clears throat> what an idiot. And the only one, the only one stupider than Joe Biden are those of you that voted for him. Okay, so let's
2: talk about let's talk about our border crisis. While while uh, Kamala Harris is having tea parties for female senators, and Pelosi is recruiting Liz Cheney to lead her pathetic January 6th investigation committee, former President Trump is visiting the border to show support for the governor of Texas and our border patrol, as opposed to VP Kamala Harris, who went to El Paso know, stop by an El Pollo Loco where no one is crossing, you know, had had some uh, some chicken. Uh, Trump went to McAllen where the migrants are surging by the hundreds every day.
5: But we're going to the real part of the border where there's real problems, not a part where you look around and you don't see anybody.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Trump gave a speech before Texas officials, Border Patrol and the press in front of the stretch of the wall at the McAllen border, where you can see the the big Trump wall was going up and there was a big section missing and then there's another piece and there's another section missing and but we didn't finish because oh biden decided it was more important to just stop everything that trump was doing than keep our our borders uh secure
5: you know i say all biden had to do is go to the beach if he would have just done nothing we would have now the strongest border we've ever had it was even getting better and better and better because it was all kicking in the wall it's a steel wall with very powerful concrete, 5,000-pound concrete in each bollard. And then in that, you have rebar, very powerful rebar. It's very, very hard to cut, very hard to do anything about. Uh, nobody's ever done what we've done. And when I say we, all of the sheriffs who I love, who I hear, many of whom are friends of mine. They're incredible. They worked with Ken and they worked with Dan and the governor and myself. and. And they were talking about fentanyl. At, uh, it was vir- virtually not coming in to the area. It wasn't coming through the border at all. We had the border so closed, the best ever. And now it's coming through at levels that they've never seen before, just pouring in.
2: Remember when we had a, uh, remember when we, when we had a president that actually paid attention to what was going on? Remember we had a president who had common sense and watched things and said, made, made decisions based on what's best for America? Remember, we had a president who who was coherent. But we all went out and voted against him, didn't we? There was there was the big lie that that the the election was stolen. That's a big lie, because we know that that everyone was so excited about Biden. They came out in droves and gave him more more votes than anyone's ever gotten in history. Everybody was so excited about this piece of broccoli that's now in the presidency. As I end the show, let me remind you about who our president is.
3: I'm not going to answer any more
4: question in Afghanistan. Look, I 4th, start, of Saturday, uh, about 4th of July. I'm concerned that you guys are asking me questions that I'll answer next week, but this is a holiday weekend. I'm going to celebrate it. There's great things happening economy's growing faster than any time in 40 years we've got a record number of new jobs covid deaths are down 90 percent wages are up faster than any time in 15 years we're bringing out our bringing our troops home we have our, all across america people are going to ball games and doing good things this is a good i'll be an will all your negative questions not negative your legitimate questions.
2: hey folks thanks for listening to main event my name's ed hoffman and i'll be back again with you next week The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO License number 0926439, Branch NMLS ID number
3: 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona License number 0925837, Equal Housing Opportunity.